What up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. You will be getting a special Sunday show today. Because um, the next two weeks have already been recorded and uploaded. And um, I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. I actually don't remember what tomorrow's episode is actually about. I know the one on the 16th, Money of the 16th, is about action figures. But um, I actually don't remember. And so... Um, I completely forgot that today, uh, well, yes, last night was a pay-per-view, which was Fastlane. Um, only five matches on the card. It actually felt like uh, an edition of Raw, um, and I actually was falling asleep during it. I, 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 now, let me be 100% honest and fair here. I literally had, uh, had to do some, some hard yard work, and I was doing that for like the first 10 hours of my day. But, um, so I was exhausted already. And then I'll tell you that when I came in to take a nap before the show, my body just wouldn't let me do it. It just was like still amped up, still on, on adrenaline. And the only reason I could say it, so it was based off adrenaline, even though like the last hours doing yard work, I was like, yo, like I'm done. Right. But I actually didn't feel anything until late in the night. And my thighs were like on fire fire and i was like yo i'm feeling it now um so that's that was part of the reason i was falling asleep but because there was so many commercials and like to have commercials on a pay-per-view is absolutely ridiculous and we already had product placement with pizza hut and stuff like that and so it felt like raw you know um which is utterly ridiculous at this point but that's just where we are in the landscape of wwe and I do believe AEW will get there. I mean, they, they've already had some moments like that, but if they're going to do 12 pay-per-views a year, I'm pretty sure they're going to they're going to look for sponsors elsewhere that will be like, hey, you know, we're going to give you, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to do this or plug this or whatever, you know. So, but yeah, it was that was that that was probably the most ridiculous part of this this show. Um, so we're going to start there. Then I have just two notes I want to touch on: uh, one from AEW and one from WWE. Uh, let's go. Let's start with this. So the the show starts off with Cody Rose and Jey Uso versus the the Judgment Day for the World Tag Team Championships. Let me tell you something. The Judgment Day has been a part of some massive matches uh, this year, and they've been put. I mean, look here. I know. I know some people are probably getting tired of them because they are all over the show. Um, I do think that's going to come to an end very soon, um, and then. Here's kind of the issue with with the way WWE books sometimes. You get all this overexposure of talent, and then the talent sometimes unfortunately takes a back seat. I think Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest will be fine. My concerns for Finn Balor and Dominic, like where do they go after this? And I, I, so that was the and here's here's the funny thing, in the middle of the Attitude Era. I got so. This is before I could say I was ever because I was I was always a trade a trade. Uh, excuse me, this is me a tape trader. Um, but 
and to this day, this is still the same thing. I don't talk to many people about like you guys have J. You guys hear me bring JT on, but me and JT can respect each other's opinions and move on. You know, we could disagree and move on. But as you guys know, wrestling fans aren't—they're just not that way. They're, um, for the most part. So it's one of those situations where I used to overthink, like, okay, Austin just won the title, was gonna be for next, and it was like this, just this thing of like I couldn't wait. And so I've over the years as a wrestling fan, I've learned to enjoy the moment, like, because they don't last very long. Austin's run lasted like three years, and one of those years he was on the injured list. You know, Hollywood Rock lasted a total of like four or five months, and it it didn't last a year. I might be wrong on the months, but it did not last a full year. You know, so these good things just don't happen very often. And we have to think about this too: when Adam Cole comes back, right? Just me, just going all bouncing all over a little bit. The thing with him and MJF is going to end very quickly. It's going to end within like a month or two. F that, you know. So I try not to 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 to, to get too into those moments, um, but like we need to really sit back and enjoy this because this is a run for all four. Pe- Finn Balor has not had a run like this in the main roster ever. Like he he came in, he made a debut, he he defeated Roman Reigns one on one, won the universal t- won the universal championship, lost it, and then after that. He's had a couple of intercontinental championship runs. I think he's had one United States championship run. You know, but like we don't get to see him just like involved this much. And then Rhea Ripley. Trust me, Rhea Ripley. We struggle to see her on TV and her in these spots. Like without a doubt, she's the leader of Judgment Day. You know, Damian Priest has been highly. thought of since coming to the main roster he had that undefeated streak for a while when he, and then he won the u.s title then he tagged him with bad bunny when he was a face then he turned to a bad guy like it's just best to enjoy these moments but uh, i'm not going to um try to rush this you know but it's 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 coming very soon this is another excellent tag team match though and it took the money in the bank briefcase hitting Damian Priest's knee, crossroads on the table that did not break, a version of the 1D, and a crossroads for Jey Uso to win his first tag team championship without his brother. Cody Rhodes won his first championship since returning to the company over a year and a half ago. And we have new tag team champions, guys. And... Even though the brand split is not a, a, a real thing, here's what makes it so much, much more powerful. Like we have the season premiere SmackDown coming up this this Friday. We legitimately have a conundrum here, if you think about it, because now these guys can go. Not conundrum. The Roman Reigns has a conundrum. This could be the thing that can help elevate Cody to SmackDown because you can do both shows now. You know they've been doing both shows. You can have him do both shows, and it could be very interesting, you know, to see where this goes from here now. And uh, well, we'll get to that later on. But like now, you have Jay with some gold without the bloodline, so Jay's elevating himself, and the bloodline is just crumbling. So this is gonna be very fascinating to see how this goes. In a match that saw a return, 
You have the LWO versus Bobby Lashley, the Street Profits. Carlito makes his return, helps the uh, LWO get the victory. I guess he's the newest member of the LWO. Um, and they get the victory over Lashley and the Street Profits. And they pin Montez Ford. I, I, that surprised me a little bit. Charlotte Flair, Asuka, and EO had a triple threat match for the Women's Championship. It, it, it was all right. It wasn't too bad. Um, some clearly missed spots. Um, but overall, I thought the finish was nice. Uh, Asuka was tapping out in the figure eight. Bailey had the referee distracted. EO hit the moonsault from the top rope. She has one of the most beautiful moonsaults in the world and retains her championship, um, which is the way it should have been, honestly. And a tag team match, first ever. L.A. Knight, his biggest spot in this company to this day. L.A. Knight, teams with John Cena versus the Bloodline. I thought this was a pretty good match. Um, I enjoyed it. L.A. Knight got the victory here. Um, pin, pin Jimmy. This has to be the thing that's going to drive Roman crazy. Like they've, they've, The Bloodline has just imploded since he's been gone. It really imploded before he was left, but you, you guys get my point. And now John Cena has his first pay-per-view win in over five years. Talk about giving. <laughs> this guy has given a lot, um, which is which is the way it is. He's older, you know. He, even he says his body can't take it anymore. But he, he he got beat up most of this match. Like he took most of this match, you know. But this was the big moment where Cena tried to endorse LA Knight. LA Knight would not accept it. He endorsed he endorsed John Cena, and we moved on. And I, I thought it was a pretty decent tag team. But look here. We're not going to get the John Cena of 2003, 2004, 2005. We're just not. And that's what I mean by staying present in the moment. The fact that we even have him on here is just something, a whole other ballgame, you know. But this is good for LA Knight. And and this is big for LA Knight because you can... Look here. I can say this for the first time in a very long time, and I mean this. LA Knight is in a really interesting position that every championship has a very important story that's attached to it. The WWE Championship, I, I do still believe that's going to Cody Rhodes. I, I do. Um, the World Heavyweight Championship, that's going to Gunther. The Intercontinental Championship, I think it's going to Ch- Chad Gable. The United States Championship, who the hell is the United States Champion? <laughs> Austin Ter- Oh, Ray Mysterio, I think Escobar is getting that championship. So all the singles titles are really taken right right now in stories. And I will say this. And I thought about this. I remember I used to watch a lot of those WWE documentaries. I still have them. A lot of them. And I love them, right? But the one thing I always found to be utter BS was when these people in these documentaries, whether it was Michael Hayes or whoever, would say, well, you know, that that person didn't need a championship. Just say the championship was never meant to, for them to have because this, it was a Hogan era. Did you know what I'm saying? Like, nowadays, because of the influx of uh, live events, because of television time, you have to have a world champion on TV. So it's just it's just different now. But back, just say, look here, he was he was there during the Hogan era. That's why Piper never got the world championship. That's why he got the Intercontinental Championship for, like, two months. It's because we know that story, you know? So just don't lie. You know, I always hated, I always hated that saying. Like... To me, it's a shame. Now, in fairness to, to Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe has gotten championships. He's a two-time former TNT world champion. He's been a Ring of Honor television champion for almost two years now. Well, no, over it's almost a year and a half. Excuse me. So he's gotten gold. 
And after his promo this week, it looks like he's not done with MJF. So MJF has just MJF is in the is in the deep end of the pool with the sharks surrounding him. He has Jay White, which is that's official now. Imagine that's going to be a fire match, full gear. Jay White, uh, MJF, that's going to be fire. Um, but um, yeah, man, I, I, he has the sharks surrounding him. But Samoa Joe, I can't say enough good things about him. I, I'll leave uh, like, but like. When I think of other people who could have used a title, and they say he didn't, of course he did. Jake Roberts could have used a title. You know, um, as of right now, we're not to that point with LA Knight. LA Knight is still getting huge pops. But we're not, that, we're not at that point yet. We can still wait off until WrestleMania. By then, the landscape will change dramatically. If you think about, if you think about it, Gunther's going to eventually lose that Intercontinental Championship. That U.S. title, he can eventually beat to Escobar because I think Escobar's going to go heel. Obviously, he's going to go heel to win that championship. There are so many ways to get a title on him, and it, and honestly, it can go to uh, it can go to WrestleMania, and that can then be the catalyst for him getting. Maybe he could be the one to defeat Gunther for the World Heavyweight Championship. Never know. So, anyways, this was a big spot for LA Knight. I'm happy for him. And the main event in the last man standing match. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins retains. This is where I was falling asleep at. I, I, I think because there's no drama because I like Shinsuke Nakamura. He was not going to win this title from Seth Rollins. He just wasn't. Um, I think Nakamura and Rollins do have good chemistry. It's just I just didn't care for it, you know. Um, but. And I, I, I did forget to do something, too. God, gosh darn it. So I'll have to do a two-part. Not two-part, but... Anyways. Um, either way, I, I thought this was the overall fine show. Uh, five matches, which is a very interesting choice for three hours. But, like, they need to beef this up to six or seven. And, and less commercials. It's just... At this point... Here's my thing. I get that I'm paying only twelve ninety nine a month for these pay-per-views. However... We all know that's going to go up in price very soon. I better not be paying 50 bucks for fucking commercials. In all seriousness. I will say it's about AEW. I, I pay 50 bucks for their pay-per-views, and guess what? I don't complain because I get nothing but fucking action the entire time. And that's fair. You know? So. Anyways. And the two notes I wanted to get to was, on Collision, they came on an hour early, and in a shocker, FTR loses... Their World Tag Team Championships to Ricky Starks and Bill Big Bill. It's officially Ricky Starks' first championship in AEW. I don't count the FTW title. Um, Big Bill's first championship in um, AEW as well. That makes the ending of Wrestle Dream make more sense. I was wondering, I was like, why are they going back to the Bucks and FTR? Guess what? They're not going back to the Bucks and FTR. So that makes a lot more fucking sense, you know. But look here. Ricky Starks took some very, very big L's. And so for him to get some gold around his waist um, is nice. And they need to keep those titles, too. They need to beat the Young Bucks as well. Whenever that's going to happen, they need to beat the Bucks and keep those World Tag Team Championships. Because here's my thing. If you think about Jay Cargo said something very fascinating. She said, yeah, Cody Rhodes and my relationship with him is a big part of the reason I went to AEW. You know, you know who else has a great relationship with, with Cody? And his contract coming up this year, uh, this year, next year, Ricky Starks. He was one of the people that was at the Royal Rumble uh, this year when Cody won the Rumble. He was backstage. 
You don't think that you don't think that they would make him because let's be real, Ricky Starks has been. I will say this in this calendar year from October to October, he's been better utilized. Like after MGF won the championship last year, he then won that battle world to end up getting a shot with him. He lost obviously, but they've been using him more. They they I think Ricky Starks can be can be money, and I think he is money, and. The same things I say about Car- Jay Cargill, as far as them, them promoting her in AW, which they, I do feel, feel like they did a fantastic job with her. Um, them t- I can't say the same for Ricky Starks, but he's gotten some... Sh- since collisions happened, he's gotten a lot of shine. He's beaten CM Punk. He won the Owen. He's had matches with Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. He's pinned Bryan Danielson. He's now a tag team champion. He's gotten some shine. So they need to, they need to promote him and show him what, what what's up and also there's a thing that Warlow's doing since he's returned where if you actually look at his wristband it has MJF on it I don't know what that means but well <laughs> I know what it means it means he's coming for his ass and like I said the sharks are surrounding the wolves are out um, but yeah I thought that was a very interesting run I wait for the run to end to a makeshift tag team and look FTR had a hell of a run when they won those tag team championships when they first came back against the guns had hour-long matches, faced the Bullet Club goal, faced the Young Bucks. They had a hell of a run. So where they go from here, I think it's going to be them teaming with Edge. Edge is just replacing CM Punk. Edge is just, That's one of their best friends, too. If you guys remember, when Edge had his feud with Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins, air quotes, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see doing air quotes, invaded his home, the people he named was Cash Wheeler and Dax. So that's... Look here, it's just it's this thing. Um, so they're, they're, I think they'll probably take a couple weeks off, sure, but they'll 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 stay in the mix. And finally, CM Punk news, because of course we can't have a freaking week without CM Punk news. Apparently, there has been serious talks about bringing CM Punk in. Between both sides are very interested in it. And supposedly, there have been Punk references on WWE television. First of all. I think it's hilarious how when CM Punk went to AEW, the WWE heads were like, he's not a needle mover. You guys can have that. I'll take a sip here. Now you guys have the chance to get him. Now he's a needle mover again. Let's make this clear. There are no dream matches in WWE. He's literally already wrestled Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns. I don't care if he hasn't wrestled these versions of them. He has still wrestled them. Yes, you could say him versus Gunther. Sure. Not a dream match, though. I don't think anyone's ever fallen asleep and said, man, I woke up last night and dreamed of Gunther versus CM Punk. Will it be good? Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course it'll be good. Can't say him and Randy Orton are a dream match. Guess what? Sorry, face Randy Orton at a WrestleMania, as a matter of fact. Can't. See, there's no dream matches for Punk because he was in that company for a while and he wrestled so many people. Let's stop pretending like this is a big deal. It's not. So as a matter of fact, it's kind of whack. I want Punk to get as many checks as he can. Let me make that clear. I want Punk to get as many checks as he can. As long as people are gonna keep hiring him, you you go, boy. But let's not make this seem like it's a bigger deal than what it is. It's not even surprising. It's not. And I put money. Punk will implode again. 
This dude literally had his own show designed around him and the people he wanted to work with. He literally had everything handed to him. Had employee contract and a, a independent contract. And he blew it and he blew it. There will there are two things that will be major documentaries in the next five, six years. Mark my words. And who knows if I'll be doing I doubt we'll be doing this podcast that long. <laughs> but the, 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 the AEW drama with CM Punk, there will be a documentary based on that. There will be. And Cody Rhodes leaving AEW. For as much as he says he's not going to say why he left, other people will talk. Whether he'll confirm it or not, doesn't matter. Does not does not matter at all. But I think it's all whack. Get you guys are loving this now. And I think you guys are whack. It's not punk I think is whack. Get your money. I think you guys are whack. Because you guys are like, oh, it's not a big deal. No, no, no. Yeah, whack. Corny. So, I was going to do a top 10 edge moments in WWE. Completely forgot to write them down. So, what I'm actually going to do is essentially have the DJ scratch and then do top 10 moments of edge in WWE as he's now moving on to the second part of his career. So, thank you guys for listening. This is I think a little differently. Be right back. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. We're talking about the top 10 edge moments in WWE now that that era is over. We're moving on to this era of his career. And you know what's interesting? I, I, I listened to a bit of his press conference at the media scrum. And he, I think he was right, though. I think it was a good move for him. Once again, I've made it clear here I'm more of a Christian guy. Um, I do get the appeal of edge, but I've just always been more of a, 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 a Christian guy. And now we've had that classic moment of... That ruled the internet for like three days in a row, where Edge, where Christian told Edge to go f himself. Um, but he's right. What else could he have done in WWE? He literally came back. He didn't win the world title. Like I, I even thought he was gonna win a world title, which I was like not looking forward to. But he didn't win a world title. He legitimately main evented a WrestleMania. Um, he won a Royal Rumble. Like yeah, he feuded with everyone you could really think of that he hadn't worked with. Um, so I don't know what else he could have done here. Yeah, you have, you do have people like Powerhouse Hobbs. You do have people like Samoa Joe. You do have people like Kenny Omega, you know? Um, it's just one of those things where this is going to be a, a fresh slate for me. We're getting a start with him versus Luchasaurus, which he's going to obviously win. But, um, yeah, I, just, I thought it would be cool to put together my top 10 moments of his WWE career. And I will start off with one, TLC. I mean, without a doubt, that's probably going to be a thing that he will be, one of the things he'll be best known for. Obviously, those six men are connected beyond life. They're connected in the afterlife as well. The Dudley boys, the Hardy boys, and Edge and Christian are just going to be connected through the, that those matches forever. And, um, yeah, what else can you say about it? We all know it. Number two cashing in money in the bank and as you guys all know my list don't actually they're not actually official as far as like the um the way the the, the order they're in uh it was the first time ever and it was the only time that Vince McMahon ever announced that there was gonna be a cash in well yeah it was the first it was the first and only time that Vince McMahon ever announced a cash in and I told the story before I'll tell it again a lot of people didn't think Edge was ready for that spot and when Edge hands McMahon a briefcase, if you actually look at that pay-per-view, you see Edge handing him the briefcase, you can see this man say to him, make me right. 
or excuse me, prove me right. And Edge, I just first run was very short. All of his runs were very short. This one was very short. It was just, it was a test run to see if he could handle the world title, and he did. He handled it pretty well. So, cashing in on Cena after Cena had went through the elimination chamber. King of the Ring, he stopped. He won the King of the Ring all while stopping Kurt Angle from going back to back. This is in 2001, right before the invasion took place. Kurt Angle was going to wrestle three times in one night. He was going to be the first and only, air quotes, back-to-back King of the Ring, which in the pay-per-view era of King of the Ring, that's very true. But Bret Hart's technically a two-time King of the Ring winner. So is Macho King, Savage. So, like, it's happened before. It just wasn't a pay-per-view for the longest time. But Kurt Angle had... A match against us, uh, that, that brutal match against Shane McMahon. He had his, uh, his semifinal match, and then he had his finals match. And I thought they were going to pull the trigger on it. And sure enough, they didn't. They they let Edge get the win, uh, which, which was a fantastic match. Edge and Kurt Angle always had great matches. They always had great chemistry. This is how Kurt Angle ended up getting his haircut laid down the road, is because um, he had that feud with Edge, and his loss to Edge caused him to get his haircut. Um, but that I remember watching that and saying, because at the time, Kurt Angle was so hateable, it's just so freaking hateable. And I was like, Well, Edge needs you to win, and they had me several times. And next thing you know, uh, Edge gets the victory. Number four, his return at the Royal Rumble in 2020. You know, I said this to somebody before, I said, I was at both those shows. That was his last show that he wrestled before he retired the first time in his return show. Now, mind you, I was pretty busy with work in 2019. So I was still watching wrestling every week, every single show. I just wasn't online as much. You know, I was away from the podcast. Um, I was just enjoying watching wrestling because sometimes you need that, that, just that getaway, right? And... I went to the Royal Rumble. For anyone that doesn't know, the Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view of all time. I had never been to one, though. This is one of the rare years where I had the time and the money to go. And that January was busy. It's, mind you, this, this is like before COVID became COVID, even though COVID was talked about. I was That, that January, I was in four different states every week uh, of, that, of that particular January. I'll never forget. I was in L.A. one week. I was in freaking... Um, Houston that week. I've told that story in this podcast before about my experience getting into that dang old building. It was ridiculous. Um, but I didn't know he was coming. But apparently it was a... I, I, I remember I, I texted him and said, well, well, Edge is here. They're like, yeah, it's been the biggest secret. One of the biggest, like, known secrets. I, was like, I didn't even... That's how removed I was from the internet. And stuff like I didn't... I, 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 let me tell you something right now. The websites I frequent now is only because of the show. Otherwise, I don't usually like when I tell you guys to take time off like to like and I have like shows already pre-recorded and stuff it's because I don't go online I, 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 I need to get away from it you know and I remember it was such a surprise and I was actually pretty I actually still have my chair from the Royal Rumble right next to me um but it was a great moment the, the crowd went crazy the crowd went bananas um but yeah it was a good moment and to actually be there live was pretty awesome. Number five, going the distance at the 2021 Royal Rumble. This was a move I kind of didn't understand. 
I still don't understand to this day, but apparently he had some influence and uh, that was part of his influence. Like they had, they, apparently they didn't know who was going to win the main event that year and Edge pitched himself and Edge went from number one. Remember, this is still in the era of the empty buildings and the empty buildings with the, uh, what was that thing called they had where it was like a, a Titan Tron, but with fans actually looking in and they want fans to react and blah, blah, blah. I don't remember the name that was. It was whack. But um, he went from number one. This was Christian's return. And, and, and he went from number one to the end. Only a few people have done that. But he is a, one of the few now that's a two-time. Well, it's got to be a six, six or seven now. So you have what? Steve Austin that's won the Rumble three times. Shawn Michaels won it twice. Hogan won it twice. Edge won it twice. Orton won it twice. Who else won it twice? I'm trying to think. Oh, Cena's won it twice. That may be it. Maybe it's just six. People that have won... I say just six. Listen to me. No, Batista's won it twice, too. So, seven. I think, I think that's I think that's the right number, seven. But anyways, uh, still a highlight, you know, for him. Number six, the live sex celebration. So, here's what happens. Here's the story Edge tells. He wins the WWE Championship for the first time. He's leaving the building the night before. And they say, hey... Great job. Tomorrow night, live sex celebration with you and Lita. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's great, right? And they were dead serious. And I'm sure it's edited on Peacock. I'm not going to go back and be that guy to try to look for it. Uh, it makes me feel very pervertish. I made that word up. Um, but but Lita, I've been watching it live, and Lita had a slip. You could see her, her tits. And um, it was very awkward to watch. Because it's like, what, what are we doing here? And... Like Ed, and Cena came out, ruined it, whatever. Gave her the FF, uh, FF. Listen to me, attitude adjustment. Um, let me say FU. But anyways, uh, it was still a good moment because it showed the arrogance of this guy. Who, if you look at the storyline they told, I will say this: he had one of the best descents into madness over not giving the top spot that they've ever done. They they, they treated it very well. This was like a two year thing because it started in like two thousand four. No. I was going to start at the end of 2000. So about a year and a half, two years, or whatever. But like it started with him in 2003 where he wasn't getting the spots. He wasn't. He might have won the big matches, but he wasn't getting the spots he deserved. He feuded and beat Shawn Michaels in this point in time. He won tag team titles with, with Chris Benoit and gave those up. He just said, no, no, I want this spot. And like then he ends up winning the money. I've never did it when he won the money in the bank. And Jerry Law says, Maybe this will make him feel a little more stable, right? It, but it was just a briefcase. No one knew the real concept of it at the time. It was just a cool ladder match, and we didn't know what to expect of him. Now we know what to expect of him, and some people say they're over it. I don't think I'll ever be over it because I think it's still a cool, it can still be a cool moment that happens. Um, like, example, I'm in Baltimore watching TLC. I'm actually at the show with Jonathan Nestor and uh, Cole Conscious and a friend of mine. And legitimately, Brian Danielson cashes in and beats the Big Show to win his first World Heavyweight Championship. And, like, that's cool to me. Those moments we keep, I, once again, I'm just in the moment, you know. But um, I remember um, just, like, the, the descent into madness. And now he's gotten what he's wanted. And now he's going to celebrate with the most just... The, with the with the, what's what's where I'm looking for with the um, most arrogance he can. So I, I just thought it was a cool moment. 
Seven, winning money in the bank. I just mentioned it a few seconds ago. Um, it was a Chris Jericho and Brian Gerwitz. Um, and as a matter of fact, I just got his audio book. Let me tell you guys something. This is some crazy stuff right here. So I canceled my Audible trial because I wanted to get the Nitro book, right? And I just was getting it because it's two, and I have Amazon Prime. So just two weeks two weeks ago, I get uh, I, I hit up from Audible. Hey, we have two free audio books if you join us. I'm like, what's this? So I joined again. Got another free audiobook. I, I still have one credit left. I'm going to get another one. But in this last audiobook I got was the Brian Gerwig's book. I have not listened to it yet. I'm going to finish listening to the uh, the Guy Evans Nitro book. I got like two hours left of that. And I also got the 48 Laws of Power book, too. So I'm going to check out all those things. But anyways, um, we didn't know what it was. But it was a hell of a ladder match. It was a showcase for Shelton Benjamin to do the things he did. But in the first Money Bank ladder match, you had Christian... You had Kane, you had Edge, you had Jericho, you had Shelton Benjamin, you had Chris Benoit, and Tomko played a supporting cast in that whole thing. Great ladder match. Um, and Edge ends up winning it. And look here, I don't know Edge's record in ladder matches. It's He's got, he's got to have won more than he's lost. But um, it was a good start to what has become an annual tradition now. Number eight, main eventing WrestleMania 24 against The Undertaker. This was a peak edge with uh, Zach Ryer and Brian Myers as his, um, with as his, his, he had the La Familia thing going on. This was actually a really good match. It, it, you have to understand, my, my fandom of Edge has been so little that, um, I didn't know what to expect from this match. We all knew Undertaker was going to win. Supposedly, Edge was asked to go over, and Edge said, and Edge refused. He said, "No one should ever beat Undertaker's streak." I guess Undertaker was going to give him the streak, and Edge refused. And they end up having a classic match where he taps out to Hell's Gate. Um, he's had two main event res- at WrestleMania. <laughs> Back to the CM Punk thing, really quick. We talked about it in part one of this. If he if he gets signed to WWE and does not get his WrestleMania main event, goddamn, <laughs> that poor bastard. Anyways, um, uh, yeah, it was it was a great match, great moments, and in the end, it was it was Undertaker winning, so good. Number nine, when he main evented with Roman Reigns and Brian Danielson, he won the twenty twenty one Royal Rumble. It's him versus Roman Reigns. Brian gets hot, and now he's got his and he has his match with Reigns. Ends in controversy because he makes he makes Reigns tap out, but the ref wasn't uh, uh, there. Ref wasn't um, awake, and so Reigns so Brian has a legit gripe. Now it's made to be a triple threat match, <laughs> uh, i.e. 2014. Edge is full heel now, and he's going crazy. This is not right. This is not fair. And uh, they end up having a great triple threat match. Reigns stacks and packs and pins them both. Let me say let me tell you something. For a lot of shit, I give Edge from not being uh, giving enough. I'm doing air quotes there. He has, I, I guess, for me, <clears throat> I shouldn't use those words. Not giving enough. That's, that's not. That's not fair at all. I guess for me personally, um, when I see people like The Rock, Jericho, just get pinned so frequently. 
I guess I do forget there's also people like The Undertaker who very seldomly lost. I don't know, if anyone knows The Undertaker's record, please let me know. Because I'm pretty sure he doesn't have 100 losses on his record. And if he does, I will be stunned. I will be absolutely stunned. If that's the case. Um, but I guess it just was one of those guys as he got older, he just didn't lose very often. And I guess when I see, like, to me, I still, like, to me, I think Seth Rollins should win the feud. Now, did it hurt Seth Rollins? No. It, no, of course it didn't. It's just more of the picky side of me, if that makes sense. So I'll leave that there, but that's what I mean by that. Um, but this was very given to Brian and Edge to do for Reigns. It was. And number 10, his foil, his greatest rivalry was with, was, was with John Cena. And him and John Cena in 2006, after the Rob Van Dam project had uh, went already through the drugs, um, these two got into a very personal feud where <clears throat> SummerSlam was in Boston, Edge defeats Cena in Boston, then we go to Canada for, uh, I believe it was Backlash. Ladder match. Cena knocks out Edge legitimately. Edge has a confession from that. And then, F.U. threw like four tables <clears throat> on top of a ladder. Um, that was one of the most brutal matches. And to know he was actually like not in, in, uh, like out of it, that was fucking bananas to me. Um, but, yeah. Very, very, very interesting. Um Feudy had, without a doubt, his greatest rivalry. Um, you can't say Edge without saying Cena, and they went there, and I think they had some great matches. And you know what? The difference between Edge and Cena, and Edge, excuse me, Edge and Cena, and um, Orton and Cena, was when we got Edge and Cena, we got Edge and Cena for three, four, maybe five months in a row. I, I that was even five months in a row, but maybe like three or four months. Then it went away, and then we'll come back to it, but in small little spurts. When we had Randy Orton versus Cena, we had that for years. <laughs> Anyways, those are your top 10 moments there. One thing I want to mention that I did not write down my notes was we did see the return of Johnny Gargano and the reuniting of DIY, which is sorely needed for that tag team division. So once we get away from these makeshift tag teams, we can actually see probably DIY hold those tag team championships. So... Um, that should be something fire. But anyways, those are my top 10 Edge moments. I'm super excited um, for you guys to tell me yours as we're going on to the next chapter of this of his uh, magnificent career. So that is a show. That is I see things a little differently. I am the Slow Chemical, and we are out.